Hi, welcome to Shift, a PwC Canada podcast series. Having a strategic vision for where you're going next can be a challenge. Just saying transformation doesn't make it happen, and making an investment doesn't mean you'll automatically capture its full value. We're hearing firsthand from industry leaders on how they're making strategic transformations a priority. I'm your host, John Finkelstein, Executive Creative Director of PwC Canada. Hi, welcome to another episode of Shift. We've got a really good one for you today. It's about building trust in telecom with a human-led tech-enabled approach. And I have two experts with me today. I have Pamela Snively, Chief Data and Trust Officer at TELUS. Welcome, Pamela. Thanks very much, John. And Ojas Rege, SVP and GM Privacy and Data Governance at OneTrust. Ojas, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. So I'm really excited to talk about trust and privacy today because it is such a hot topic right now. Before we get started, though, it would be really great for our listeners to know a little bit about you and how you got to where you are. Pamela, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about your journey at TELUS. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I am the Chief Data and Trust Officer at TELUS, as you mentioned earlier. I uh, started there about seven years ago, and I am charged with developing a trustworthy, sustainable data handling practice at TELUS. So our privacy program, our data ethics program, overall data governance, looking at ways that we can generate trust in the way that we handle and innovate with data. You know, privacy and trust are so foundationally important right now to reputation, to revenue, to success, to what customers are expecting, transparency. It's a very big responsibility. And one that TELUS is doing amazing things. Oh, just tell me a little bit about you and your career and your path over at OneTrust. I've been in the technology world for a little bit over 30 years now. The reason is because technology helps change lives in the way people work. That's why it's always been interesting to me. At uh, OneTrust, um, our focus is building software solutions that help accomplish tasks like and responsibilities like uh, Pam just described. You know, how do I enable my teams internally to take on all these new trust and privacy initiatives. So that's, that's what we do. We're, we're a software player. My journey with uh, privacy started uh, right uh, two years after the iPhone launched. I was uh, in prior life working in mobile security. And uh, everyone might remember there was this sudden new trend called BYOD, bring your own device. People were bringing their own iPhones to work. And suddenly privacy became front and center because people were really concerned about using their personal devices for work and what do employers see? What do they not see? It brought privacy to the public eye well before the GDPR and other regulations happened. So I think that's been a phenomenal journey in the last 15 years to see the increasing importance in privacy. And obviously, as a software company, that, that's what we focus on. You know, when we talk about privacy and we talk about trust, and they're kind of like two sides of the same coin in a way, but there's a really big difference between privacy and trust, especially as we think about it in terms of like organizational and how it relates to customers. Oh, just how would you describe the difference or how would you define privacy versus trust? Trust is a perception that an individual has about another individual or an organization based on certain actions that other person or organization has taken. Privacy is one of those classes, I believe, of actions of being able to um, responsibly manage the data that belongs to someone who's not you, right? The data of an individual. 
So I don't believe that you can establish trust as an organization without respecting privacy, but privacy is one component of what you need to get in place to be able to establish trust with whoever your constituent is. I love it. I mean, it's an interesting differentiation. And it leads me to a question for you, Pam. Been in the, the privacy and trust business for quite, quite some time. I have to imagine you've, you've really seen trust evolve, uh, whether it's cultural, economic, uh, whether it's the media. I'd love to get your perspective a little bit on, on some of the changes you've seen in the privacy and data trust world. I think the last few years have been marked by really remarkable change, um, significant change in that space. There's been a proliferation of privacy regulation and increasingly active engagement from privacy regulators in Canada and, in fact, internationally. So that's been one piece of the backdrop. And and then we have uh, the fact that the pandemic accelerated digital innovation and that pace has not subsided. But we're seeing innovation across the board, as you say, in banking, in currency, in agriculture, in telecom, certainly, in healthcare, particularly, in education. There isn't an area that hasn't been impacted by absolutely rapid innovation in the data space specifically. But what we've seen as we've moved so many aspects of our lives online is we've also seen a plummeting of trust in the digital ecosystem. We're sort of forced online these days, but at the same time, we don't really trust what's going on online. We're not sure if we can trust organizations with our data. We're not sure if we can trust the government with our data. We don't know what is happening and the technology is quite complex. So I think what we're seeing right now is a real crisis of trust. And I think we might be approaching an inflection point where if we don't address that trust deficit, if we don't act to improve consumer trust in the digital ecosystem, then we jeopardize a lot of the innovation that we've realized to date. And even more importantly, we jeopardize a future innovation or we put future innovation at risk. So the discussion's gotten very big, but I think even more importantly, it's almost existential in terms of our ability to continue to innovate if we don't address this now together. Thank you. You uh, reframed or asked that question in exactly the intent that I meant. So, oh, just tell me, you know, given all the, the change that's going on and the extra importance that both organizations and and consumers or citizens are seeing, what do you think will happen to organizations either when they get it wrong or how can organizations really make their programs successful? So there's always got to be an economic driver for most organizations, right? There's clearly an altruistic bent to some, but there's an economic driver for all. So the moment that trust within a market starts driving business where the trust you have with your consumers, let's say, is part of their decision-making process, the importance of trust ratchets up in that organization. In terms of what to do, sometimes people don't know where to start. Arguably, no company knows exactly where to start because it's complicated. It touches every single interaction that you have both internally and externally. So what I always find is that there's basic principles that you have to really start with, right? So there is no trust without transparency. So one very important place for every organization to start is what is the level of transparency I have with my customers? Where are the gaps? Where's the trust gap that I have? And how do I actually become more transparent and make it easy for a customer to understand what I do, right? Because transparency is two things. It's the willingness to share what you do. But also second, it's the ability to put that in a simple, easy to understand language. Awesome. 
I agree with everything that I just said, and I, I have really seen that play out at TELUS when we talk about the importance of appealing to the business and talking about trust to the business. And, and I think for me, that's been a very valuable tool in driving a, you know, a privacy and a sustainable data ethics program through the organization. Because if, we, if we're talking about privacy as a compliance function, the business isn't going to care as much about it. But when I'm talking to them about trust, and how to engage with their customers, they are listening, you know, attentively, and they're going to do even more than I ask them to do, because that's exactly the outcome they want as well. So that's been transformational for me in terms of the discussions that I have with my business peers and colleagues within the organization. And it's put us all on the same page in terms of what we're trying to achieve, as opposed to it being a, a compliance function or oversight function, or in many organizations, it's still seen as a policing function which I think is really missing an opportunity when that's how you're approaching it. At PwC, we talk a lot about human-led, tech-powered. A big part of how we bring our strategy to life is by combining the right digital tools with our people's passions and insights so that we can help organizations accelerate a tech-enabled future. And we call this approach human-led, tech-powered. Pam, could you tell us a little bit about what human-led, tech-powered means to you at TELUS? Uh, tell us, when I talk about being human-centric versus data-centric or anything else, it really comes down to putting the customer first and thinking about it from the, from the perspective of the customer. And so even though we want to be human-centric, we also have to be really technically savvy. And I used to talk about the fact that privacy isn't rocket science, that it's, uh, you know, this is pretty basic stuff. It's simple legislation about respecting customers' wishes and expectations with their data. But as technology has gotten more complex and humans' expectations have gotten more complex, I no longer think it's true to say it's not really rocket science. It's getting awfully close to rocket science. And we need more technology solutions to help us support this technical innovation. I now can't do this on a, you know, on an Excel spreadsheet and a few PowerPoints. I need really solid tools to help me interpret what is happening with our technology, to help me track what is happening with complex consents, nuanced consents, and to look at all the different types of risks that are associated with any given initiative with data. We are doing more and more with data. If every aspect of our company is data-driven, that means we are constantly assessing the implications and impacts of data. And that means we need to be really good at it, really agile. And we need to be able to support that agile innovation across the organization. And we need excellent tools in order to be able to do that. It isn't rocket science, but it's, as I say, a lot closer than I used to think. And it requires commensurate technology. Speaking of rocket science and commensurate technology, Oh, just I'm really interested in how you might describe and what human-led tech-powered means to you. And then I'd love to hear about what's going on at OneTrust and how you're working with TELUS and how the tech is powering trust here. I think the human-led part of that is tailor-made for privacy because similar to what we've been talking about, it is all about the human. Um, and where the tech comes in is how do you scale Right. I mean, organizations, as Pam has mentioned, are really complicated. They have so many processes. There's so many things, so many individuals they interact with. You know, if you had one person you were interacting with, you know, you could probably manage things uh, pretty easily. 
But when you have thousands or millions of customers, when you have uh, thousands or tens of thousands of employees, where technology comes in place is to help you scale your processes within the organization uh, so that you can continue to do the right thing and you can continue to do it consistently across the different groups. Because otherwise, sometimes one group's doing one thing, another one's doing another thing. And that inconsistency can result in some real gaps in, um, in privacy. One of the areas where we're seeing a lot of focus among star customers these days is on the consent side, right? How do I collect consent effectively? Um, how do I manage that? How do I make sure that it's aligned with the data that I've collected? And then how do I make sure that all my processes are appropriately mapped in the organization so I know what's happening to that data, right? Because like the prior discussion, uh, that data is really reflective of an individual. And I need to make sure there's no gaps in the process, no blind spots, so that suddenly something starts happening that, uh, that I'm not aware of. So that to me is the, the role of technology. It's a human-led process that's about, because it's the people within TELUS that are leading the process and they care about the humans, which are their customers. The technology sits on the back end to allow them to scale, be effective uh, with, the, uh, with the strategies they have in place. Interesting. I think that's worth repeating, actually. Sort of the takeaway here for listeners is it's a holistic approach to trust. It's just not one siloed thing. It's not just about compliance. It's not just about privacy. But as you think of your total trust agenda, quote unquote, I think it's important. And what we're hearing is that you have to think about it across the enterprise, right? You've only got one brand, one chance really with, with the world to prove that you are what you say you are. So make it count. I love the way you put that, John. And I, and I think an, another aspect of this is recognizing that this has to not just go across the organization, but it has to penetrate every level of the organization. Can't just be that privacy comes out of, you know, your privacy office. You know, you've got an environmental team that focuses on, you know, your sustainability brand. It has to be that this penetrates the culture of the organization in every decision that gets made, which is why we are really focused in, on my team on, you know, data literacy across the entire organization. We decided a few years ago, we need to upskill the whole organization and how to think critically about data and how to contemplate the ethical decisions that they're going to have to face every single day in the work that they do around data. So that extra piece of, of training, not just your, your annual privacy compliance training, but how do we really prepare people for this next generation of data decision-making. I also think it's really important to look at when O just talked about the scaling and using tools to scale these programs, how we can decentralize those. Again, we cannot have every data decision going through my office. That would be crazy because every decision we make is data-driven now. So what we're looking at now is how do we, how do we decentralize this and have tools that can be used across the organization? So one of the things that we, we do like uh, that about the One Trust solution and one, you know, one of the drivers for us to, to put it in place across TELUS was that it is accessible by all of our team members, that we can have it decentralized and train our team members to be able to use that tool and make decisions based on some of the assessments that are within the, within the tool. And that combined with the data literacy, with our data ethics campaigns and training uh, makes for a really powerful combination and allows us to make sure that we've actually penetrated the organization and, and impacted the way, data, way decisions are made, not just the way we talk about how decisions are made. One of the uh, attributes that we see of successful programs like Pam described is that they don't view this as control, they view this as collaboration. 
right? Every individual in the organization needs to do the right thing. And you can't do that unless you've got a collaborative system in place to, to be able to support them. I love that. Collaboration, not control. That kind of says it all there too, especially when you think about it beyond the idea of just it being the, sort of the data set, right? So I'm wondering, oh, just for you, what do you think the big barrier here is for organizations of really thinking about their trust holistically and to kind of making sure that they see it more as a, a business driver than a compliance checkbox? I, I, there's a strategic and mindset barrier in some organizations, right? And just in terms of how they think about their business. Um, but I think there's also two very practical barriers. And I have a lot of empathy for organizations on this because it, it ain't easy, right? One of the practical barriers is complexity. The regulatory complexity, um, the, the organizational complexity, the data systems complexity, right? How do I navigate that? So even if I have the best intention, how do I navigate that? How do I get the budget to do the right things and so forth? So I got to have a starting point, right? Just like getting, you know, to the crawl stage can be challenging. And then the, the second very practical barrier is data sprawl. I've been collecting data for 30 years, 40 years. I don't know where that data is necessarily, right? Many organizations are in that, in that, um, in that position. And that's part of the complexity that I already mentioned, but it's also a really fundamental issue in and of itself. And one of the catalysts now to get that right is a lot of organizations are going through data migrations, thinking about cloud, thinking about, thinking about rethinking their, uh, their data systems. And so that can be a good catalyst. But if we can help organizations, we meaning the industry can help organizations navigate the complexity and the data sprawl, then they can start getting closer to meeting the overall uh, trust strategy or trust goals that they've set in place. That's a whole other thing, isn't it? When you're talking about sort of creating a holistic or standardized ecosystem that everyone can kind of get in and behind, PwC has been working with Telus on some pretty interesting initiatives around creating trust, uh, specifically around electronic medical records. That's a really good example of what I was talking about earlier, where, you know, we do want to share that information and, and make sure that we are building a, an ecosystem that people can trust. And what we found when there was uh, such a move at a fairly quick pace to virtual care during the pandemic, there were a lot of people that didn't know how to make decisions about whether they should trust a particular system. There were no standards out there. What are the indicators of a, of a good, privacy, respectful virtual care system? What security standards should be in place? This was so new and we were moving so quickly um, that people were kind of left uh, adrift, not knowing what to, how to measure it and what to measure it against. So uh, we worked with PwC to develop standards for virtual care privacy and security standards. We went and we, we talked to a lot of the regulators and key stakeholders in the field and developed a, a whole set of privacy and security standards so that organizations that are building these programs can use those to measure themselves against. And then individuals who are using these programs can use them to assess the programs that they're going to use. Similarly, we, we're, we've taken the same uh, approach with electronic medical records recently. So we've been working on a standard for privacy and security for electronic medical records. We know this is such a fundamental part of of taking our healthcare program into the <laughs> into the next century or even into this century. Ensuring that we can have that interoperability of of our medical care, that we can move from one place to another and be able to access information. But we 
absolutely know that this has to be done in a way that is privacy respectful and secure. And we need the confidence and trust of patients and consumers to be able to to build this in a meaningful way that if people don't trust these solutions, they won't use these solutions. The last thing we want is people to not go to their physicians and caregivers uh, because they don't trust the technology. So this is critically important to the health of all of our of our um, citizens as well as to our entire healthcare system. So been really happy to work with um, with PwC on that standard. Uh, and again, in this for this one, working with some regulators, with some of the key stakeholders in the industry and, and experts in the industry to make sure we're getting this right. So that's the end of another episode of Shift. Pam, oh, just thank you so much for being here. It's really opened the aperture, I think, on the importance of trust, privacy, of course, but the whole trust agenda, thinking about it holistically and looking at it as a way to drive the business. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you, John. I really enjoyed the discussion and thanks, Ojas. Thanks so much, John. I really enjoyed this. And Pam, just a great discussion. Uh, very glad I was able to, uh, to join you on this uh, really awesome podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of Shift, a PwC Canada podcast series. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to Shift on Spotify, Apple, or Google podcasting platforms. You can find more details at pwc.com slash ca slash shift. Just so you know, this podcast has been prepared by PricewaterhouseCoopers LLP, an Ontario limited liability partnership for general guidance on matters of interest only and does not constitute professional advice. Until next time.